coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Ayo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. Both New York football teams win. Lakers win the in-season tournament. And Dallas wins big over the Eagles. A lot of winning going on this episode. All we do is win. We'll begin today's show with the $700 million man. Baseball winter meetings. After spending time with a handful of teams, Otani has decided to go to take his <laughs> take his talents to the LA Dodgers. Ten years, seven hundred mil, with six hundred and eighty mil being deferred all the way to I think uh, in ten years, ten years from now. Uh, Otani will make twenty mil a year from the Dodgers and forty-five mil a year in endorsements. So, Z, I have to ask you, are the Dodgers the frontrunners to win the championship? Is he worth the $700 million? No and no. Huh. Yeah. So, at least not next year. Yeah. Right? What is he coming off of? Tommy John surgery. Right? He had a torn UCL. He's not pitching next year. So, next year exclusively a DH which in that lineup plays it absolutely plays you know and last year 304 44 95 ribbies he was fantastic he was absolutely MVP yes he did so and absolutely deserving of being an MVP eh Seager was up there eh Seager's up there, and he's and he also took off the last like three weeks of the season or so. Shohei Otani, they will. What do I always say about LeBron? They will trip over themselves to give LeBron an accolade. LeBron, it, Major League Baseball will trip over themselves to give Shohei Otani an, an sure, accolade. Sure, sure. Especially since he does something that players don't do. You know, since he is a two-way athlete, it's concerning. It's definitely concerning for the length of the contract. He's 29 now. Mm-hmm. You're losing a year of his pitching. It's like 20. I, yeah, I believe the 680 mil gets paid like from 2034 to 2043. Financially, like it's that. a coup. Financially, it's a coup. Like other teams are, you know, like bitching and moaning, calling Major League Baseball to investigate about circumvention of the luxury tax. Whatever. You're just sour grapes that you didn't think of it. Apparently, yeah. the Giants did think of it. Yeah. You have to go to LA instead of San Francisco. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very he, interesting. He, he, this man opted for Anaheim, which is about a three-hour, two and a half-hour drive south from LA. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he 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 wants Southern California. He mm-hmm. wants seventy-two and sunny for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him for wanting seventy-two and sunny for the rest of his life because it's winter. I would like seventy-two and sunny for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. But it's a major coup the way they structure the contract which with the deferred money and the lower financial implications it's as if Tom Brady's contract and Bobby Bonilla's contract had a baby Mm -hmm. 
Like that is what we're looking at here. Financially, it makes all the sense in the world. And did you hear this unique opt-out clause that he has? No, I didn't owner, hear. If no. the owner sells the team or if Andrew Friedman leaves the organization, he can terminate his contract at the end of that season. Wow. So if he doesn't that. like the direction, this is just reported by John Heyman. So if he doesn't like the direction the organization is going, wow. he can kind of like, or if Andrew Friedman decides, hey, like, I've done all I can do here. Let me go. Let me go be the GM of the Kansas City Royals. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. He can, mm. he can do that. So, is he worth it? No, no one is worth that money. But the way it is structured, it was a great coup for the Dodgers. When he gets healthy, healthy enough to pitch, I should say, he will undoubtedly be the ace of that staff. Now, that's a year from now. So you already are losing a year of that, right? And then ages 37, 38, 39, are you going to get the best out of Shohei Otani that you're going to get? Chances are he's probably going to be either in the bullpen at that point, mm-hmm. or he's going to be off the mound entirely. So mm-hmm. he's essentially a two-pitch pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Basketball split, occasional slider. Yeah. Right? So that's going to take, that takes its toll on an arm. That being said, the Dodgers aren't the front runners to win the championship because they still haven't addressed their pitching problem. Mm-hmm. In the immediate, starting in 2025, absolutely they have. <laughs> but in 2024, they got a problem because now they lost Kershaw, whatever that's worth, Gonsolin, right? Bueller should so, be coming back, right? Bueller's on a pitch count, though. Bueller's going to be on an innings count because he had surgery. You have. You know, you have Pepio, you have all these kids who have never finished a full major league season, right? You have prospects. Dustin May, hurt again. Dustin May, as good as he is, can't stay on the field. And now, what's interesting as well is that the Dodgers are linked to Tyler Glass now, who also has injury prone. So even if they get Tyler Glass now, I still don't think there's enough because you haven't gotten a durable pitcher yet. Yeah. You have not gotten a guy who will tow the rubber. And who's the poster child for durability nowadays? I couldn't tell you because it used to be Justin Verlander. And then Justin Verlander, he's getting up there in age and he couldn't really tow the slab like we hoped he would last year. He didn't look like himself. He's 40. I mean, as, as he should. Father time catches us all. So I think the Dodgers need more. As crazy as that sounds, they need more, particularly in that outfield, too, because you're looking at Jay Hay, Chris Taylor. No, no, you need more. You know, <laughs> you, you need more. Like, you're thinking about getting Manuel Margot in addition to Tyler Glass now. You need more. You need more if you are the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, is I, I think their win, their best window is going to be when he's both pitching and hitting. Totally. And I think that window, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give him five years. I'm gonna give him five years of decent pitching and decent hitting. But. You know, it, the, the the interesting thing about baseball is, is like you know, in the in the early, well, in the late '90s and the early 2000s, it was very, 
very upset with the way baseball was going because you just had the Yankees like spending all this money and getting all this talent and nobody was able to compete with them because nobody could afford like those payrolls and and you know and they already had dynamic farm players that wanted up being Hall of Famers and now in an age where I'd say the last what 10 to 15 years everybody spends money so now teams like the Yankees, even teams like the Dodgers, they were spending a bunch of money and they weren't winning. They weren't getting anywhere. But now this new contract idea that Otani has laid on the table, I really think it's going to hurt small market teams. That's going to hurt teams like the Rockies. It's going to hurt teams like, I want to say the Pirates. I want to say like the Marlins. It's going to make it hard for them to compete. I mean, if you look at it, Betts and Otani make more than the whole Marlins organization. They make $1.07 billion. And the Dodgers just have two players that make that up. Now, you know, a lot of people like to argue that, well, you know, in baseball, it doesn't just come down to one guy. It is a team. It's like, yeah, man, but it is going to be extremely hard to pitch to that lineup. No matter how you slice it with Betts and Freeman, and Otani, like, I understand that he's not going to pitch this next season, but he's eventually going to pitch, and he's already a phenomenal hitter, and I think he's just going to keep, at least in the hitting department, the next five years, he's going to average, like, 40 to 50 home runs. Now there's no pitching to slow him down. There's nothing, there's nothing to get him hurt. He's not even on the, like, unless he stumps his toe, sliding into the hole. I don't, he's not going to get hurt. There's no way for him to get hurt. So... You know, the only, I mean, I think you might, I mean, it might sound silly, but I really think the only teams that are really going to be able to compete with the Dodgers in the National League are like the Phillies and the Braves, because they're the only teams that could put up runs, because you're going to have to put up runs against this team. They could, they could easily average between six and seven runs a game, like when, when everybody's playing. Now, like you said, their issue is going to be pitching. And they're going to have to try to figure that out. But from what I'm understanding, they're trying to land that Japanese pitcher too now. Because now they have the money. So, I mean, I think, so to, to answer to answer the question is, are they the front runners this year? Probably not. And is he worth $700 million? I think he's only worth $700 million if he is going to hit and he's going to pitch. Like, if we look at what was a couple years ago, Bryce Harper signed a $300 million deal. This more than doubles Bryce Harper's deal. And I think the idea is is he's going to pitch and he's going to hit. If he just does one, I don't don't see him as being worth that much money. No, completely not. If he becomes a one-dimensional player, it's not worth it whatsoever. The projections, the initial projections were... The, that Bryce Harper contract plus another 100 mil, but that blew it out of the water, right? You were looking at the projections were 10 years, 450 million. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's the whole thing is like, so I'm, I'm assuming the Dodgers and the Giants are the only one throwing that 700 mil around. And everybody else was like, yeah, I guess go like five or six, like, you know, with no real plan. And you heard what the heard what those West Coast boys were throwing. You're like, all right, we'll sign this deal tomorrow. Um, I just think this is going to, I mean, I think this is going to get extremely ugly at the end, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to get extremely ugly at the end because 
I mean, look at look at how. I mean, listen, Judge, I'm sure is gonna come back, but you can't tell me like Yankee fans aren't like, geez, this guy stumped his toe and missed like 30 games. Like, you know, I don't. You know, I think the back half of that, like, because he could arguably set the Dodgers back decades, depending on how this thing grows in interest and how much they're going to wind up actually having to pay him, right? Right. And they still have to pay other people to be competitive, right? Because yeah. eventually Freeman's going to go, Betts is going to go. You're not going. You're, you're going to rely on the Edwin Rioses of the world. Well, that's what I understand. From what I understand, he wanted to hear what the plan was. Like, what's your plan? Like, how are we going to win championships? How are we going to stay competitive? Which hats off to him for asking that question, because that was the problem with the Angels. It's like, guys, what the, what's the plan here? Like, you're just getting players. There's no, there's no plan. What's the plan? You want to win? And how stupid do the Angels look? I mean, how does that franchise even? start over right like how do, how do we go you let this do you let this do what was your offer what were you willing to offer how where were you going with this? i'd be curious to think what they were gonna do. a hot dog and a handshake and probably part ownership but if let's think about this in the angels right you gotta trade trout now oh yeah he's gonna be a philly man i'm telling he's gonna be a philly by the the trade deadline he is going to be a philadelphia philly he, that's what i'm saying those are the you're gonna have to bang the ball to compete with these guys now. And granted, I don't think it'll happen next year, but I think I think it's a five-year window. They're up there with the Braves in that five-year window. It's gonna they're gonna be facing Atlanta, and they're gonna be face. I really still think the Phillies are contenders just because they can bang the ball. Their leadoff hitter hits fucking forty bombs. Like, come on, that's crazy. I know you. I just got a low batting average. Dude's hitting. You're starting off one nothing. Like you're starting off like two one. Like you're already getting. You're getting runs. You, and they have two pitchers. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodie, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. You know, moving over to football, the Chiefs and the Bills came down to the wire and in a rather emotional ending. The Bills were leading the Chiefs in the closing minutes, 20 to 17. Mahomes threw a dart to Kelsey, who then lateraled it backwards for the apparent go-ahead score. But wait! Kadarius Tony was offsides by more than a foot, erasing a perfectly executed play. This caused Mahomes to lose his mind. He had to be restrained by players and coaches. He tried to get in the face of the refs for making the call. After the game, he brought it up to his press conference. He even mentioned it to Josh Allen as he shook hands with Josh Allen. Mahomes has since apologized, but it's hard to get the image of a whining baby out of my head. He's supposed to be the face of the league, Z. Has Mahomes hurt his image by his actions on Sunday? I'm sorry, 17. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so petulant on not only Patrick Mahomes' part, but Andy Reid, too. Like Andy Reid trying to defend... Kadarius Tony after the game and trying to lambaste the officials. The, the officials got it right. 
for <laughs> once in their lives. They got something right. And the Kansas City Chiefs, lest we forget, benefited greatly from a controversial call in last year's Super Bowl. Did they not? James Bradbury. It was Tiki Tech. Yes, it was. And Bradbury, and Bradbury was a stand-up guy. He was like, hey, I grabbed him. Right? I grabbed so him. credit James Bradbury for that, for being a man and own up, owning up to it. They tried to throw the reps under the bus so hard. And credit to Kadarius Tony, he didn't say shit. I haven't heard a soundbite from him. I, I didn't hear anything. So I get you're trying to stand up for your teammate. I get you're trying to do all that. But you look like a fucking clown. <laughs> you look like a clown. Your coach looks like a clown. Travis Kelsey is the only one who said, eh, ain't gonna count. Nice game, fellas. <laughs> but no point in crying over spilled milk. We lost. And they lost because their wide receivers, once again, could not seal the deal. This time it wasn't a drop. This time it was a mental mistake. And this mental mistake has set Twitter, excuse me, X on fire. Right? Because then you have offensive players and defensive players, right? You have your tribalism normally. But now you have RG3 digging in. You have Richard Sherman and Ryan Clark digging in on the other side. It's like, it's a war. It's an offensive and defensive war over Kadarius Tony. Over Kadarius Tony. And, you know, we're burying the lead here, right? Because Josh Allen played decent. James Cook had a decent game. Actually, James Cook had a better receiving game than he had a rushing game. Right, 83 yards. He was their leading receiver. 83 yards and a touchdown. So, the Bills, you know, may not have announced their presence with authority, right? They may not have, you know, made it all the way back, but they're still relevant in this. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a mess right now, right? Rasheed Rice had a good game. Travis Kelsey had a decent game. Everybody else was pretty much a no-show. It was. It's actually disturbing how their how their offense is not working, and it, it makes you wonder, right? What changed between this year and last year? Yeah, Juju's gone. Okay, Juju's gone. But maybe we are starting to see the Eric the Enemy effect. Mm. Maybe we're starting to see what he brought to the table. Because in the past, it was very easy to say, Andy Reid calls the plate. But maybe it's not what we were... Maybe that's not what Eric Bieniemy was all about. Right? Maybe that's not what his primary role was. So, you gotta think that maybe that's the case. And, you know, he's ingratiating himself very well in Washington. He's probably gonna take that job from Ron Rivera at the end of the season. But... Mahomes and the Chiefs, their images hurt. They look like hypocrites. And yeah, I, I, I don't. The, the game has become secondary, and they don't, they don't look like they're going to make it out of the first round, let alone make it to the championship game and the Super Bowl, which is their aspiration. As of right now, you have to be very concerned about Kansas City. 
for sure for sure and though my whole thing is is like i don't i don't really understand what he wanted the refs to do like they didn't know he was gonna complete a touchdown pass on the play they called it as it was the dude was off sides the dude was way off sides it wasn't even close nope. the only thing i would say is i think in a situation when you're off sides like that maybe they should blow the play dead but i guess they're you know if it's there's an interception i guess the defense could decline the penalty i guess that's why they let it keep going but i mean listen you could be frustrated but take your frustrations out on the sideline on your coach on your team on the player who is off sides but getting in the ref's face and acting a fool like that like you're gonna go fight somebody like you're not a tough guy like you, there's there's no need for that, and you, there, there are kids watching this. Like you know, you can slam your helmet down, and you can be frustrated, but take accountability. Tell you what, Pat, this was, this game was not lost on one play. I'm pretty sure that they had no, they didn't have they didn't have the lead, but they you know they, where where were you in the first half? Like where where were all the plays in the first half? You know, this is a Buffalo team that's that's not playing good this year. You oh, know? They're reeling, man. They're, they're reeling. reeling. And you let them come into your house and they gave you a problem. So I think take that energy, that all that energy you spent getting mad at the refs and use that in the pregame. Use that in the next game. Let it fuel you. But I mean, it, it's one thing to get hot in the moment, but then you carried on after the game. You carried on to 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 the press. How are you gonna call that? You just ruined a great play. You ruined a great play. You ruined the great play. Your dude was offsides. And it was an illegal formation because the fucking right tackle was in the backfield and started the play. You guys are all jacked up, man. You guys are all that's, jacked up. That's the thing that, that uh, you know, if one didn't get you, the other one won. Yeah. So, like like, like I said, I, I listen, I've never been a person to blame the refs for anything. Like, I don't believe one play wins or loses you a game. There are... Of usually 60 to 70 offensive and defensive plays in the game. Where where were you for all of those? Come on, man. And so I, I I think it's a poor look for him. And that's the problem, right? That's that's the whole problem with the NFL right now, at least in my opinion. You don't have stars. You don't have stars. Burrow's hurt. This dude, this dude's acting like a clown. There's, there's more there's more uh Taylor Swift out there than anything else. Yeah. I mean look what Dallas is Dallas like come on outside of Mahomes who's another guy people are like rah rah and cheering for and talking about it's nobody Philly's reeling right now Dallas I mean really it's Dallas it's San Francisco Miami took a step back with their loss to the Titans but San Francisco even with Brock Purdy he's not getting like he's not getting that love that Tom got like it's just like you know you're surrounded by a studded team yeah. And, and he a is coach the runner for the MVP, though. He is. That's he true. Is. He, is. he is. He is the front runner for the MVP. Um, I mean, I don't know. If, you know, it'd be hard to argue against it. I mean, the problem I was I had Tyreek in that conversation, but mm-hmm. he's he's hurt. That ankle injury is bothering him. He had to miss a lot of the last game. They just lost to the Titans. Like that's that's bad for his MVP case, and I think if he was able to get over two thousand yards, he would have had a shot. But now that's out the window now. And then, you know, hurts. These are two bad losses. But the thing about the Eagles is, I'm pretty sure they have a cupcake schedule coming up. Like they've got, and that's the other thing. You know, we don't we don't really Brock Brock's okay. I mean, Brock does what he's got to do. But I I thought it was a poor look for Patrick. I I thought it was a I thought it was a poor look for the league. 
It doesn't always come down to officiating. Officials are supposed to make the right calls. They're not supposed to let something go because you're about to pull off a great play. Or, you know, how are they supposed to know what happens? Oh, completely. You're absolutely right about that. And I hate that idea that we're just supposed to let it go because it was, it was an amazing play. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. It's- I know, like, imagine if we didn't call it, what would have happened? Like, all the times that the, the right tackle was offsides the first, like, two weeks of the season, nobody was calling. It was like it was – everyone was screaming and getting upset. They got to call it the way they see it. Like, Bravo and look at that. what's happening. We're talking about – we're going to be talking about Philly next, but look at Philly, right? Now they're starting to call – Lane Johnson for false starts. They're starting to call Jordan Mailata for. They're starting to call that stuff because you know what? It's happening. Well, it matters. Like, I mean, there's a lot of money on these games, and it's got to be done right. But you know, just to talk more a little, a little bit more about the Chiefs, I don't know what direction they're heading in. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the AFC. Like all the teams that we thought were going to be there at the end are are certainly having a tough, tough go. Like they're all like meh. They're all well. Meh. You know what? At this point, if the season ended today, thank God it doesn't. <laughs> the Chiefs would draw the Steelers in the first round. That would Which be they, could they could they lose. They could lose that game. <laughs> I mean, they could. I mean, TJ Watt, as long as TJ Watt is uh, breathing, they could certainly lose that game. For sure. But, you know, Mitch, Mitch doesn't scare you. But, I mean, any of these teams could end up in the playoffs facing the Chiefs, right? You could have the Browns, the Colts, the Texans, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Bengals. Oh, Joe all, Burrow. He's, all, he's those, all those teams could be like at the, the East, the, the AFC is wide open. All those teams have a shot. They all have a shot. There's no way you could put your money on it. Look at the Browns winning games with Joe Flacco. Yeah. Hats off to Stefanski. No? Hats no, off to sure. All the different quarterbacks he's had to coach this year. And still competing at a high level. Flacco off the street, man. I mean, completely. You know, $230 million guaranteed, and you had to go get Joe Flacco off the couch. That's but it, the, the Bills are still in this, man. They're 11th right they have, now. They have a key but, game against Dallas this week up in Buffalo. I think the, the, we're going to find out a lot about the winner of that game. I get. And then, you know. Speaking of the Cowboys, though. Yeah. Like, in the game of the week, and it was the game of the week, the Eagles went down to Dallas in Big D. It was never really a game. No. AJ, AJ Brown was covered by Stephon Gilmore. And then he was fumbling. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith also put the ball on the ground. The Eagles were blown out. Straight blowed out. Hurts accounted for no touchdowns. This is back-to-back. Right, yeah. they lost to the Niners too. So, did, however, <laughs> before we before we move on to the next, the second part of the question, if the Eagles went out, they still win the division though, because of head-to-head. They did beat the Cowboys earlier. So, did the results of this game say more about the Eagles or about the Cowboys? Hmm. You know, it, here's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's a couple things I want to say about this. First thing I'm gonna say is, is like I, the game was 17-3. I was like, it's over. It's over. It was the second quarter. It was 17 to three. 
Now it's over. There is no way the Eagles are going to overcome this deficit against this Dallas defense in Dallas. Okay, it's I that, I said it right away. Some interesting stats for the Cowboys. You might, I know you like stats. Oh, I love stats. This is the first time since 2007. This is the first time since the 2007 Patriots that a team has gone seven straight games with 17 points before halftime. How about that? Yeah. That's Dallas. That's Mike McCarthy calling plays for Dak Prescott. Uh, New York Jets, that's shout out to you. It's Mike McCarthy calling plays for Dak Prescott. That's, you know, because made him a much better quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, I go back and forth with it. Um, you know, we talked about this in the production meeting and I said one thing there. I'm thinking another thing when we first start the show. But, I mean, if you're, if you're telling me who I want to roll with today, I want to roll with Dallas because I want to roll with the team. that's I like their defense. I like their coach. I like their defensive coach. I like Dan Quinn. And I'll ride with Dan Quinn. If my, if my game depended on Dan Quinn, and this is also the guy who gave up all the touchdowns and allowed Tom Brady to come back in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, but I think he's learned his lesson. I do. I like McCarthy calling the plays for Dak. I like that defense. That defense plays. Like when you when when you've got to pass it, when you've got to drop back and throw, and you've got those four linemen coming at you along with Parsons, and then on the back end, you've got Gilmore, you've got Bland, you've got safeties that know how to play football. They're a problem. They're a problem. And on the flip side, it's like with Philly, I don't I don't know. Is 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 Hurts hurt? Is he just getting exposed now? I mean, come on, if I told you that all you had to do was get eight yards instead of ten yards get first downs, you'd like your chances, right? I mean, they've perfected this tush push where if it's two or less, they can get it. And you're losing. You're losing bad. It's a bad loss to the Eagles, man. Whooped your ass. And the 49ers whooped your ass. Like, when was the last time you beat somebody of consequence? And the other part of it, like I said, with their schedule, they don't have a lot of competition coming up. So you're not going to get primed and ready for this playoff run. You've got the Seahawks. Okay. They're banged up. You got the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Giants. So you're arguably going to win all four of those games. And now with Dallas, Dallas at least they they've got some they have some competition that they're going to have to compete with. They're going up to Buffalo this weekend, which I think is going to be a very tough game in Buffalo. Then they're going to face a Miami team that is probably going to really need to win that game to keep on top of the division. And then they're going to play the Lions, who at that point might be playing also for a playoff spot. And then they wrap it up with the Commanders. So, I mean, how likely is it that both these teams finish 4-0? Not likely at all. You figure, well, you go back to the idea of the perfection of the tush-push. Now, what we understand is that Jalen Hurts is dealing with a back problem. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> if that's related to yeah. push push and getting these giant ass men falling on top of you on top of your back 
all the time. Hmm. Sounds like a dumb idea to me. Like, let me put my franchise quarterback at risk. Over and over and over again because it's the only move I got because I have no offensive creativity. None. And Sean Desai, he's not doing anything particularly exotic. He's not doing anything particularly interesting on defense. They were beating him on talent, which is fine. When you're a talented team, you can win on talent. But you can't win on talent alone all the time. When you run up against an equally or better team, you got to have something else in the tank. And this is where, this is where I call into question Nick Sirianni. Because I don't know what he has. We haven't seen it, right? We haven't needed to see it. We're going to find out. Now's the time. But let's see. Like th- This is it. This is why you got the job. You got to fix it. Hurts may very well be hurt. Don't know that. David Carr is catching flack for his comments. I don't know if you heard that. Like, if Jalen, if, if Hurts is hurt, maybe we should see some Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Until, yeah. So he's catch, he's catching strays from everybody. So you know, I, I guess that's a controversial idea. But if Hurts is hurt. That's a problem. You're not going anywhere if Hurts is hurt. So that that's something that the Eagles need to work on. DeAndre Swift didn't show up. A.J. Brown can't put the ball on the ground. I mean, he got shut down by Old Man River. Stephon Gilmore still doing it. And, and he was talking a lot of smack about it, too. He was talking smack about Old Man Gilmore. And, and, he, and Old Man Gilmore said they lit a fire under him. But A.J.'s got to be better. Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Can't be fumbling the football though. That's for sure. Can't so, be put it on the ground. On the days where your star players don't have a good day, who is going to step up? Goddard didn't. Zacchaeus didn't. Devontae Smith had nine uh had 73 yards. AJ Brown had 94. Did where, not make it to the end zone. Where's DeAndre Swift? Exactly. 11 for 39. Gainwell, 4 for 28. Jalen Hurts, 5 for 30. Boston Scott, 3 for 9. Like you gotta be able to do something else, but maybe that's maybe that's a credit to the Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe they... I mean, I've seen them down. get torn apart by the Eagle, uh, the, the Seahawks. Yeah. What was that about? We saw it. We definitely did. What, but they showed up. They, they showed up this week, and you can't even say it was just always oh, because of the pass rush and the 11-man rotation that they had, because they had one sack. They had yeah. Michael Parsons. That's it. They're playing an even brand of football, and that's good. You need that. You absolutely need that. And when you look at it, they got key contributions from five or six guys. Ferguson, Lamb, Gallup, Cooks. Tony Pollard on the ground and in the passing game. You need more, right? This is the time of the year when you need more guys. You need to be able to rely on more than your small handful of studs. Look at the Super Bowl last year, right? Who scored the go-ahead touchdown? Who scored the tying touchdown for the Chiefs? Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. 
that. On the exact, uh, on the inverse of the same play. So you gotta reach. This is the time. You gotta reach down deep in your bag of tricks, and you gotta pull something out. Adversity introduces a man to himself, and this might be the first taste of taste of adversity that Nick Sirianni has had as a professional football coach. We're going to find out who he is. We're going to find out who the Eagles are, and we're going to find out if they are legitimate contenders or if they're pretenders. Because Dallas, I hate to say it, but that uh, this win, it it puts you in the conversation. They move ahead. They're still light years behind San Francisco, but I put them at number two. I would put them at, at second best in the NFC. You know, because the Lions lost the fucking Bears. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. So does anybody want this? Does any does anybody want this? Because the, the, the freaking Dolphins lose. The Dolphins, Lions that was a lose. bad loss. They were winning that loss. game. They were winning that game. They lost. Terrible. The hell happened? So the only two teams that seem to want it are Baltimore and San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. So, and you know, oddly enough, right? If you think about it, they're probably the healthiest teams, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't had a quarterback problem. They haven't had a running back problem. Like, no. that, that train's never late. But you know what? <sighs> kudos to Lamar Jackson. Kudos to Baltimore for that. They're actually like preserving him, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually doing that. Brock Purdy staying upright. Yes, he had he had a little bit of a he had a little bit of a slump, but he seems to be playing his way through it. So we'll definitely have an interesting stretch down the road. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto really care about what's under your hood speaking of quarterback problems christmas came early in the new york new jersey metro area as both the giants and the jets won this weekend right tommy devito nfc offensive player of the week tommy devito led a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter to beat the Packers after a Randy Bullock field goal at the gun. And Zach Wilson had his best game ever as a pro, according to Robert Sala, and a thing we like to call our eyes. Is Tommy DeVito what happens when you develop a quarterback correctly? Or will he become Zach Wilson over the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I do I do applaud like the creativity that's going on with the offense, it felt like the day ball has finally put his prints on this team and they've played with more energy and play with more fire and they're competing, you know, at a high level. It took them a little bit to, to, you know, figure it out, but they're designing plays and calling plays that are good for Tommy DeVito and putting him in positions to be successful. Like, you know, RPO, with the run, with the throw option, even after you're on the run, like that's huge. That's good for him. And he's taking advantage of teams sleeping on his ability to run the ball. He had 70 yards rushing and he doesn't turn over the football. The thing that Zach Wilson continues to fucking do is he doesn't turn over the football. 
Um, so I feel like they, they designed a more friendly offense for him. I feel like the players are playing better with Tommy DeVito for whatever reason. But we're going to find out a lot about Tommy this weekend when he goes down to New Orleans because he's going to have to play Dennis Allen and the Saints and in who in who they country, you know. So that that's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I totally think this is what happens when you're able to develop a quarterback. I mean, Z, do you want him to come back next year with the Giants? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not invoking the name Brock Purdy. I'm just making a, I'm just drawing a parallel. Like an undrafted free agent, Mr. Irrelevant, that's pretty close to an undrafted free agent. Well, somebody was saying to Dable, they're comparing him to Brady. And it's just like, just stop. Just no, stop. No. Tom Brady never had the wheels that this kid had. And right. Tom Brady and, had a, you know, Tom Brady has a much better arm than this kid does. But you At see 45, like what, right. But you see what he did this year, just this year, you see the improvement week after week after week. And you see the development happening when you didn't see this with Zach. And mainly because they don't have a coach to coach Zach. They, they haven't had one on the staff since he got there and teaching him how to be a quarterback in the NFL. They had Matt LaFleur's little brother in the beginning. <laughs> and now and now they have and now they have this 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 clown, Hackett, who's you know, he's waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back. So they quite you know, it's, I think it's clear. I think I think Tommy does earn the right to come back. He gets he gets a little cash. You know, because he's shown that he's durable. He takes shots. He's not afraid to try to put the ball where it needs to go. He's running the offense. He's running the plays. He's not turning over the football. But we're gonna forget. He's gonna have two. He's gonna have two games against the Eagles. So that's gonna be interesting. And he's gonna have the game against the Saints. So we're gonna find out. Zach, we know what Zach is. Zach. And sandwiched in between the Eagles, you have the Rams. So it's not like it's a cakewalk. The Giants have statistically have the hardest schedule right. left, and I don't, but, I don't, I don't believe anything Robert Sala says. Like, <laughs> you know nothing about football, dude. I'm sorry. You just some of the things you say. Zach had his best game as a pro. It's fucking his third year. Are you kidding me? Tommy DeVito's got to. He keeps getting better and better. Your guys just figuring out which direction to run in and who to throw to. And let's be real here. That first half is dog shit. <laughs> for, for both guys, though, for Stroud yes. and Wilson. Now, the yeah. well, Stroud's the weather... the, I'll defend Stroud and just saying like he never seen a defense like that before. Well, like, uh, it also looked like he never played in that kind of rain before. <laughs> like, it looks like he never played in those kind of elements before. Like, it was bad. So, you know, neither quarterback wanted to use a glove. Maybe they should have. Mm-hmm. Might have helped. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that first half was immaculate for all the wrong reasons. Nil, nil, lots of punts. Lots, <laughs> of, pra- lots of practice for Coach Westhoff's favorite player, Thomas Morstead. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Zach Wilson did what he did. And he looked way more comfortable in the second half, looked more fluid, mobile. He took some shots. But he put some film on tape he put some plays on tape that you can be proud of and you could kind of hang your hat on and if you're a rival organization or if you're another organization say hey okay there's something there I can work with that mm-hmm. or hey Baker Mayfield's our starting quarterback he kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield 
I can keep the same offense if I bring in Zach to be the backup. Like, I don't have to tailor a different offense to a backup quarterback. So maybe there's something to that. But, you know, like, it's about time. Like, it was, it was about time that Zach Wilson had a good game. Like, good for you, kid. You, you showed him. You showed him. Good for you. Good, good for you. I'm just happy he's running in the right direction. <laughs> good for you. Now you got the Dolphins this weekend. But well, let's see if you can undo what happened on Black Friday. But, you know, let's talk about DeVito. I, I know I've been, I haven't been talking about DeVito. It's a breath of fresh air. You know, it really is a breath of fresh air. Like, he got a little bit with Terod Taylor, and then he got hurt because he inevitably gets hurt. He seems faster than Terod Taylor. He's got zip on the ball that Daniel Jones doesn't have. Like, you can tell that Tommy DeVito played baseball because he's throwing darts. They got zip. They have force. They look like professional throws. There, There are no rainbows in there. He's got wheels. He can read the defense, and he's checking. He's audibling accordingly. And yes, he's been sacked a lot, but not this week. That offensive line held up for him long enough for him to escape. And what did he do when he escaped? He slid. He didn't fight for the extra yard. He gave himself up. Because when you dive head first, as Saquon Barkley showed you, when you dive head first, you're leaving yourself vulnerable to fumble. So, oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, oh, God. That I almost lost him the game. Oh, God. Oh, such agita. And then, thankfully, I can't believe I'm saying this. Thank God for Randy Bullock. Huh. Randy Bullock is a terrible kicker. Didn't he? he just had to make that one. They could I don't know if they could get any closer. Like, if they were on the one-yard line. Like, no guarantees, right? But... The, the, the Giants have something. He's DeVito has made Wandell Robinson better. He showed good chemistry with Darius Slayton. He showed good chemistry with Jalen Hyatt. And these players are starting to blossom a little bit. Like these guys that were considered, you know, long shot players or, you know, depth players. Jalen Hyatt was a first round pick, of course, yes. Isaiah Hodgins scored the other night. He's making guys around him better. I can't say that Daniel Jones did that. I can't say that Terod Taylor did that. Because I didn't see enough of Terod Taylor. But I can say definitively that Tommy DeVito is doing that. And you know what? That defense, as maligned as it was, were getting trashed by the Cowboys. Lots of teams are getting trashed by the Cowboys. So there's something to be said for that. Wink Martindale's got them playing well. Cordell Flott, you know, pass interference penalties aside, he had a solid game. Deontay Banks had a really good game. Adoree Jackson looks rejuvenated. Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, sorry Sal, sorry BT. He's a good player. Big Dex is clogging up the middle. The defense is, it's a representative defense. It's, very good on most days. Uh, it's going to have a share of bad days. But 
I think you gotta roll. I think you have to roll the dice and take your chances if you're Brian Dable. And then let the chips fall where they may and figure out, figure it out moving forward. Because you paid Daniel Jones a fuck ton of money. <laughs> a metric fuck ton of money. And that's a problem if DeVito is going to be your guy or if Terod Taylor is going to be your guy. You can't have Jones on this team making that amount of money and have these two other guys around. <laughs> that just isn't going to work. And they, they, gotta, they need to figure it out big time. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. But speaking of figuring it out, the NBA seemed to have figured out their regular season problem. Apparently, this in-season tournament was all they needed. The IST will work on it. We're workshopping it. Sounds like late- aerial disease. <laughs> Do you have the IST? Yeah, sounds like I need penicillin. So, but the Lakers won the inaugural IST, cruising past the Pacers in a very competitive game. But ultimately, LeBron would not be denied. After the game, not only was he happy with the win, the first ever banner for this tournament is going to go up to Staples Center, and the Lakers celebrated with champagne after a huge party. And he's very proud of the fact that he won this inaugural tournament. Did the celebration seem excessive to you for something where none of the stats count and the purse is only $500,000? Yeah, it did. You won a preseason game championship. That's what it seemed like, right? I mean, none of it counts. What's the difference between this tournament taking place during the season and if it took place before the season started? Like... I don't they know. Don't pop to, champ- they don't pop champagne in summer league. Yeah, to me, to me, this is. I don't. I, I get it's the first one. So okay, yeah, everyone's excited to win the first one, but you can't. I have a hard time believing that if they had this in-season tournament in the mid '90s or early '90s, that Michael Jordan would be celebrating, right? Because it's. Okay, yeah, we won this, but I want to win a championship. Like that's my goal. That's that's my that's my banner. That's my bar. So I think if the Pacers won, yeah, 
they should be excited. Go nuts. Go ape shit. Like, yeah, this is that's your Super Bowl, boys. Like, good for you. But if you're LeBron, you've got larger aspirations. Like, if you're gonna pop champagne after winning the IST, then what are you gonna do when you win the championship? How are those two celebrations different, right? Right. How what's what what are you gonna do? How are you gonna top? That's 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 the top line, right? That's the bar. It's like okay, we won the championship, popping bottles in the bar, in the locker room, sprinkling people with the champagne. But there's, but at the end of the season, there's no more work to do. You're not even halfway through this this campaign. Are you gonna look back and say, oh well, we won the IST, <laughs> right? Is that what you're gonna do when you get sent home in like five games by the Mavericks? You're gonna be on the beach and be like, well, at least we won the IST. We won the first ever IST. I just think in until they have, until there's more skin in the game, I can't see accelerations being that excessive for a team that should be there and should win it. This thing is built for the teams that aren't going to be there in the end. So, you know, there's some viewership and we watch it and we're interested. I, I watched a little bit of it, but honestly, there wasn't enough skin in the game for me. I thought really wasn't it was it was fun to watch the nuggets fall it was fun to watch like the the bucks fall i like the one game elimination out of it but there's got to be something bigger up for grabs than just 500k and like the other thing is is what loser watches the them celebrate in the fucking locker room after the game who's sitting there being like oh i want to see lebron pop champagne for winning the ist like what? Like what? I want to see him smoke a cigar. Joe Burrow ain't even gonna smoke a cigar after winning an in-season tournament. So that's just only how the, I felt. Only the hardcore LeBron fans are go- only the hardcore like LeBron supporters are going to tout this as any major success. I just feel like there's a bigger there's a bigger prize at the end of the road, and I just don't see how something that doesn't count it doesn't count for anything. None of the stats mean anything. How you could get so fucking elated for something like this. That's all I'm saying. It, and you beat the Pacers. It's not like you... Like, if it was Giannis in the Bucks, right? It's like, well, yeah, right? That kind of changes it a little bit. That puts a little mustard on it. Or the, or the maybe the Heat. Okay, yeah, maybe. But you beat a Pacer team that they, they're, they're, they're up and coming. They're trying, like... It was a one-game elimination. It could have easily went the other way. Absolutely. And it's a one-game playoff, right? It's a one-game scenario. In the finals, they're playing best of seven. So, yeah, this is a one-off, right? You play a best of seven series with the Pacers, maybe it's more competitive. But for me, I, I mean, I'm not getting anything from this. Right, I'm yeah. Anthony Davis played well, had 41 points. Great. LeBron had 24. D'Angelo Russell, 32 minutes, 13 points. Now they're actively trying to trade him. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> thanks. You Thank did you. great in that. You did great in the ist. You, you did great in the game that doesn't count. We're going to <laughs> trade you. And Austin Reeves had 28 points. Nobody else showed up. <laughs> Literally, nobody else showed up. What happens when someone gets hurt in the game that doesn't count? There you go. And, you know... Could you imagine the NFL having an in-season tournament or baseball? Even baseball. 
like you're telling if you try to do this in baseball you're telling me people wouldn't rest you're like nah man i'm good <laughs> like that's what i'm trying to say like eventually that's where you're gonna get you're gonna get nah man i'm good like i don't need to play those games i'm good so i want it already i want it already it makes you wonder you know because this is the this is the first one like you said how are they gonna do it next year like who's gonna well, that's the thing. It's like, I was going to be juiced up for it. Yeah. Right. I want it already. I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. how how could you not see that happening? And then that just devalues it, right? If the if the Lakers aren't taking it seriously, the Nuggets aren't, aren't taking it seriously, then what do I care? Completely. No, I just, it just wasn't, it wasn't thought out very well. You know, I think, I think it needed to be thought out a little bit more before you brought it, you brought it, you brought it into play. And, you know, and I don't need the I don't need the LeBron sycophants telling me that oh you know LeBron has this and Kareem doesn't and Magic doesn't and Michael Jordan doesn't. It's the first fucking one, and those I guys have care. been retired forever. I don't care. I, I'm sure they don't care. No, I you know that got that, more rings I, than I, LeBron does, so I'm good. Right. So I'm like I'm flabbergasted by such a statement it because it's to me it's stupid yeah of course he of course he has one and they don't right so, you know he has you know george mikan doesn't either george mikan's dead <laughs> like, what are we talking about here <laughs> well i think the yeah. other problem i think the other problem is this is like when you lose the nba season when you lose the nba championship or when you get knocked out of the playoffs you got four or five months to think about it before you get to play basketball again. You got knocked out of the ish. You're you're working next week. Right. And you know what? <laughs> For me, like, if I'm the Pacers, I am way more invested than the Lakers. Because, yeah, I went up against... I went up against LeBron. I went up against AD. And I hung with them. I put 109 on them. I didn't get blown out by 40. You know, they have something to hang their hats on. They're growing, they're developing. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, he's becoming a superstar in front of our eyes. You know, that that guy, you know, Obi Toppin didn't have a great game. He had an okay game. Miles Turner didn't have who, a great game. Who would you rather have, Halliburton or Shy Gilgis Alexander? Ooh, that's tough. That's Those tough. Are two, there's the two superstars, man. And to think, the, the Clippers traded, and to think the trip the Clippers traded him to the Thunder for draft picks. They could have had Kawhi and Childish Alexander in their front court. Yeah, that was botched. I'd probably have to go with Childish Alexander. Yeah, you know, rather than sure. that. But you know, it, but it, this is a meaningless game. I'm completely in agreement. There's none of stakes. Maybe next year they're going to play with that and add more. People are coming around to our idea that they get guaranteed a guaranteed seed in the playoffs. But what happens when a player, a team that's already in the playoffs, wins this thing? You know, like that's one thing that okay. What if the Pacers did win, right? And the Pacers were in the play-in tournament. They're seeded. They're automatically in. But what if the Nuggets won this thing? Ooh, we have an automatic playoff berth. We're the number one team in the league. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, 
you know, like if the, the Knicks were the, are the fifth seed, if the Knicks won and that and that automatic pick was tied to it, it doesn't mean anything. So Adam Silver, like congratulations, you put on something entertaining. Those courts, you need to lose them. Those new those jerseys, you gotta lose them. <laughs> They're atrocious. That that court, that red and blue court, was fucking awful. Like that was terrible. And you need to go back in and you need to revise the stakes here. You need to get them playing for more than 500K. Because at the end of the day, right, that, that only, the money only goes you so far, it goes so far, you need more. You need more, give me more. Because at that point, you're, you're playing for pride. And as we've seen in the NBA, pride only takes you so far. Because, yeah, there's that whole load management thing. First one's out of the way. Who's to say that they won't be, you know, they won't be doing that next year during your IST, your precious IST. (laughs) Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. It's time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at fade route podcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at Fade Route DNZ. All right, boys and girls, we have a full mailbox for you. But if you want to get your email featured on the Fade Route, hit us up faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at Fade Route Podcast or on X at Fade Route DNZ. One email today, but it is a loaded email. And that <laughs> email comes from Riley in Stratford, Connecticut. Hey guys, who has the best chance to make the playoffs with their backup quarterback? It's a great question, Riley. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold with the 49ers. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I like the way Flacco looked. I really do. I thought he was in command. He could make every throw. Um, you know, what I think what's good about Sam is, like, he's going to be the type of quarterback who's going to go to Stefanski and say, okay, I like this play, this play, and this play. Where I think of other backups won't do that, right? Other backups are just so happy that they're going to get into the game 
They're like, yeah, whatever. Like Jake Browning, Jake Browning's not saying, okay, well, I don't want to run, you know, this play because I can't make that throw or this is a tough read. He's going to go in and replace Joe Burrow because like, oh, finally, I'm getting an opportunity with the with ones. I'm good. Where Joe's like, no, no. Um, I like this one, this one. I like sticks. I like, you know, and he, he's going to tell them what he likes and that's going to be beneficial for Joe because it's going to make his reads a lot easier. It might make it more predictable, but he's going to be able to win on those plays and, and the other guys are going to have to learn on the run. So I'm going Flacco. I mean, let's be real here, right? Like, who who is it going to be in, in this instance? It's not going to be Easton Stick. No, right? no. It's not going to be Mr. Stick. <laughs> who who today in a press conference said, well, I'm used to winning, so this will be no problem on Thursday. Oh, you're getting the loss. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're taking L tomorrow night. <laughs> Completely. I don't care. That Thank you, Mr. Stick. I will be betting against you tomorrow night. <laughs> Exactly. What fucking kind of comment is that? I'm used to winning. It's, so. it's asinine. I'm used to winning. Absolutely. Now, I mean, where? Not at... here. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. What team have I've... you been playing for the last four years? I mean, like that's that's such an I'm asinine, arrogant, <laughs> asinine, arrogant comment. <laughs> I, PR I guy was look... like, did he just say he's used to winning? <laughs> I had to look up who the backup quarterback was because I was like, is it still Chase Daniel? Like that guy, the king of secure in the bag. Like, you know, it, it turns out it was this fucking guy. So, I'm used to winning, so. Oh, great. Well, but... guess what? Uh, Keenan Allen's not playing. Right. <laughs> Still so used to winning, asshole. So there's that. You got Justin <laughs> Herbert with a broken finger on each hand. So it's like, Justin, you sure you Poor can't Justin. split that up? Poor Justin. So, exactly. Justin's so like, I mean, I'm good. I'm, I'm discounting Tommy DeVito because as good as he is, the Giants aren't. Gonna, he's a backup quarterback. I mean, now he's a starter, but I don't think that the Giants. I'm not delusional enough to think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I'm hopeful, but I'm not banking on it. So that leaves you with who? That leaves you with Browning. That leaves you with Flacco, and now that leaves you with Nick Mullins. Right. So that. Those are the guys that you're looking at. I mean, I'm not counting Mitchell Trubisky. I think the Steelers are going to drop like a rock. I think they're done. Because even after firing Matt Canada, they're still no good on offense. And now they're even worse because they have Mitch under center. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that Nick Mullins have and Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins and Joe Flacco have over Jake Browning is that they have multiple NFL seasons with starts under the belt. Joe, Joe Flacco's got a fucking Super Bowl. That's like, right. come on now. Come on now. That's right. So that you can come in and you can grab this. You can grab this huddle by the throat and say, we're doing it this we're doing it this way. We're doing it my way. Cause you see a thing on my ringer? You think I'm you see a thing on my finger? It's called a fucking ring. Because <laughs> I want a Super Bowl. <laughs> See that? You see that thing on my fucking says United hand? States Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> the great Sam Gerard. Now, I mean, he has command. Absolutely. And Joe Flacco's playing well. You put him you put him behind a stable offensive line with good receivers and a good running game and a good defense. Why not? 
why can't Joe Flacco pilot this ship? Why can't he manage the game? You know, and, you know, it's such a dirty word, right? Manage the game. He can manage you into a Super Bowl because guess what? He's been there before. Who excites me the most is Browning because I'm watching him. And yes, it is a very short sample size. And I don't want to, you know, put on those rose colored glasses, those Josh Dobbs rose colored glasses or the Tommy DeVito rose colored glasses. I, I want to look at this objectively for a couple weeks. Jake Browning could be very good and then he could be, you know, in the toilet. Like that's just how the NFL is that you get you get tape on somebody and next thing you know, they go from phenom to out of the league. Look at Cordell Stewart. Perfect example. Cordell Stewart was a breath of fresh air and then, eh, not great. Not great once they figured him out. So I'm excited to see what Jake Browning can become. He looks like he has command of that offense. He looks like a surrogate for Joe Burrow. He looks the part. He's delivering the part. Now, long-term, is he going to be able to do it? I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where it is. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But the one that gives me the most confidence is Flacco. Now, what's interesting, I mentioned Mullins and Browning. They play each other this week. So that's going to be very intriguing. And if Mullins shits the bed, does KOC go to Dobbs? Or is the turnover train too much right now? You know, I don't know that. And there's one guy that I didn't mention that, um, you know, you have a particular interest in. <laughs> your, your boy, Drew Locke. Oh, I love Drew Locke. This is my boy. He's right. love that guy. So, you know, I, I don't know. Right now, Seattle's on the ninth. They're in ninth. They're just behind the Rams. The Packers just lost to the Giants. So that seven seed's up for grabs, man. Why not Drew Locke? You know, if Geno's out for for the foreseeable future, how far can Drew Locke take the Seahawks? What do you think? They they have the Eagles this week. No, that's no, win. that's not his game, man. That's not no, <laughs> that's not his game, man. He, he ain't leading anybody anywhere. He's gonna play a couple of good weeks, but no, no, he's he's. He's no hero. <laughs> he's no hero. No, no, no. no he's no, no Brock Purdy. No, no. He's no one. He's no, no, no big no, dick no. Nick. Drew Locke is just enough, to, good enough to get you beat. <laughs> and so many, so many, apparently are are good enough to get you beat. And uh, you know, I'm not even. I didn't even discuss Davis Mills because apparently, you know, if, if Stroud has a concussion, they're probably going to go to Old Long Neck this week against the Titans. Old Long Neck. Old Long Neck. So this has been the year of the backup quarterback of the NFL, but Old Man Joe. Okay. Old Man Joe. Still the click to pick. Or the pick to click. <laughs> Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. 
That's the Fave Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this here show and takes home the coveted-ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy deep? I don't. The NCAA hmm. for jobbing out. It was closer than I thought. They narrowly beat out Joe Beningo. So, good job, NCAA, for screwing over the Florida State Seminoles. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, D? So many choices. So first up, I've got Draymond Green, who just got suspended indefinitely. Draymond was ejected in the third quarter for slapping Nurkic in the in uh, in last night's game against the Suns. He apologized for the slap. He said it was inadvertent. Uh, but he still got ejected from the game, and he keeps getting ejected from games. So the Warriors lost 119-116, and if they had him, they might have won down the stretch. Draymond, got to stop getting ejected out of games. Draymond Green, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, everybody on the Raiders and the Vikings in a league that promotes scoring and makes defense tough to play, you still managed to only score three points between two teams, three nothing. Both teams combined for three total points. Professional football nightmare. You're all professionals. Do better. Just do better. Saints and, I mean, Raiders and Vikings, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And number three, St. John's basketball. You lost the face in the preseason. All right, it's fine. I get that. We can't be losing to Boston College 86-80 in the Barkley Center. Come on, Ricky, coach him up. St. John's Basketball, you are my legend superstars of the week. What do you got, Zeke? Those are good choices. You really can't go wrong with any of them. I'm going to start with DK Metcalf. That guy. How the hell are you losing your shit like that, man? Like, hell. Fred Warner, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, before the game, according to reports, specifically targeted you knowing that you cannot keep your cool. So it's almost... It was kind of a bounty in that he said he would buy Christmas presents for whoever got DK off his game. And so, Mr. Fred Warner, you are going to be getting a lot of Christmas gifts from Kai this year. Good for you. And not only are you going to get a lot of Christmas presents, but you're going to need some ice after that German suplex that DK Metcalf did on you. It was a shoot German suplex. How strong is DK Metcalf, by the way? But you can't be doing that, DK. You got tossed. You're unapologetic about it. And you're just going to play with this edge. Well, you're going to get exploited. DK Metcalf, you are my alleged superstar of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs. Need I say more? (laughs) 
Kadarius Tony is still offside. Sorry. <laughs> and then to spark this whole referee controversy, a similar play occurred in the Dolphins game on Monday night. So, you know, it's a bad look all the way around, but the Chiefs for your bitch fest. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, New England Patriots. Yeah, I said it. Reports indicate that you're going to move on from Bill Belichick at the end of the year, and you. this was sealed after the Germany game. Why wait? Why wait? Just let him, let him go out with a shred of dignity now. Why make him go through the rest of the season with the Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi bullshit and three and ten and bottoming out? What? Why would you let your the greatest coach in your organization embarrass himself? Why? I don't understand why this is happening. Like, let the guy go out on his own terms. Unless this is Bill's own. This is Bill's terms. Which, at that point, I have to really question. Like, really, coach? So, mm. but, you know, let him go out. Let him go out on a high note somewhere. I don't know. But if you've known since Germany, you should have let him go. New England Patriots, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at DNZ and vote. And vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.